Are you looking for an open-minded perspective? Different view or a different take? Well, this is Lost in the Groove, society and culture podcast, donor culture, and deep dive. See here, we're all about the experience, all about the journey, and getting into the groove. Hey everybody, and welcome to Lost in the Groove. Today, we have an interview with Jennifer and Stephanie Pagewise. Um, Both of these wonderful human beings are, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, quantum relationship coaches. Indeed, that is what we are. Yes. Yes. Among many other things. Yes. And uh, we're going to go on a journey today. We're going to have an incredible conversation with the both of you um, about what you do, what inspires you, and uh, what you're looking forward towards. So without further deductions, uh, let's begin. Um, do you want to kind of give a little bit of an introduction about yourselves uh, to our listeners? Sure. Go ahead, I'll let you start. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. Stephanie, just so you can recognize whose voice is whose. Um, for we... our listeners. Yes, for our listeners. Thank you. Um, as Dave said, we are quantum relationship coaches, which sounds pretty esoteric, but all that means is that we believe that we are beings of energy who are interacting on the planet. And our hope is to help everybody do that just a little bit better so they can have more love in their life. And we just love, love, love being able to connect with people. And that's really what we do is we connect with people and form amazing relationships so that we can all heal and and grow. Um, We currently live in central Pennsylvania in the United States, and we just moved here in November, and we love it. I have not been happier in a location in in probably 25 years, so we're loving it here. It's just absolutely beautiful, and we're so excited to be able to do some uh, boots on the ground work here. It's um, it's something that is important to bring up also with the both of and, and all of us um, is the fact with the community because LGBTQ plus uh, community and the queer community and everybody included. We are in a very interesting time right now because there is a lot of controversy, unfortunately, coming from the woke, the extreme left, the extreme right. And it's getting very political and it's becoming to a point where (laughs) we got through AIDS. Okay, that shit was fucking awful and horrible. Before that, we had lynching and rioting and murdering and imprisonment for years. And then now we're at a point where we have people like you that are here to better relationships, create better connections. There are people that are working in organizations to help teenagers that are struggling in a lot of abusive homes and situations so that they don't feel alone and they don't want to kill themselves. I can't use the S word. Unfortunately, I heard it demonetizes. So Um, anyway, going from there, it's being able to find the balance, because right now we have to ask ourselves this question is, do we want to continue going down the road to chaos or do we want to continue down the road of accomplishment and succession? 
and involvement and evolution and where we can become better and better and better versions of ourselves as time goes on. Hmm. Sorry, you know, deep mind. Yeah. You know, I believe that we need to work on ways to better ourselves because when we better ourselves, it becomes exponential in the world. Um, you know, each and every one of us that becomes awakened, that is figuring out who they are authentically is going to then be able to help others do the same thing. So right. it does, it just becomes exponential. We can't, it's not a fight. I don't want to look at it as we need to fight the oppression. We need to stand taller than the oppression because fighting brings down vibration. It's a negative connotation. But if we're looking at who we are and how we become stronger and better, then we're, we're rising above it. We're not fighting it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. And it's a very, it's a good approach because you know, where has fighting has where has fighting has gotten us? It has led to more bloodshed than we actually need. See, the thing is, and th and this is my goal and intention, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Is the way to start change is a conversation like we're doing right now. You, right, you, it's a conversation you, and being the change. Exactly. You know, because the more we fight, then you find, and I'm sure. You, you could speak to this as well, then there becomes infighting amongst us. I mean, how many people in the LGBT community are against each other right now? You know, originally it was folks, you know, 20 years ago, the problem that people in the LGBT community had with were the bisexuals, so the, the B in the, in the whole thing. Well, now it's the trans that seem to be I know. The problem, I know. you know, and we see it a lot in the lesbian community where, you know, it, there's even a term for it, the turf, where, you know, if you weren't born a female, you're not a female. Um, So we have to rise above. We have to be examples, especially within our community. We have to you see this. This is and again, I'm going to go back to this because this, this is a problem that, that, that we are facing, especially with wokeism is we're not no one is no one is telling you you can't be yourself. OK, that's not what that's not what, what the conversation is. What we're saying is. As a society, as people, we need to take into realization of medical you know, being in a medical environment, being around doctors and physicians when, you know, your personal self, when you need to take care of yourself. OK, and that's your personal business. Your conversation with your doctor or your physician is your personal business. No one else's. Mm -hmm. You as a person and how you identify yourself as others, whether it being lesbian, gay, trans, bi, non-binary, whatever it may be. You're allowed to identify yourself as that. You have the right. That's that freedom. You know, no one should take that away from you. But and it doesn't mean that you don't allow anybody else their freedom to be exact, themselves. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's it's ridiculous that my ability to be myself is somehow diminishing you. That's a ridiculous premise. If you really hold yeah. that up to real to logic, it doesn't make any sense. It's being able to say to somebody, um, 
I respect you, but I don't agree with you. Mm-hmm. Right. We're not- allowed to not have the same thoughts no. and ideas. Isn't that crazy? You have to accept them for who they are. It's just silly not to because, you know, our individuality is what makes us human. But at a deeper level, we're all connected on a soul level. So just because you may identify as bisexual or you may identify as heterosexual doesn't diminish who I am as a lesbian. Right. Because again, like we said, it all goes back to personal. It has to do with your own mm-hmm. personal life, with your own personal relationships. Mm-hmm. You see, one thing that I, I, you know, like kind of reading over the, the work that both of you do is going back to this word, which is relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. The idea of a relationship is a connection between people. Okay. okay? I'm going to ask you this question. When did that become something that you have to publicly, you have to, I'm going to say this capitalizes, you have to publicly share this information with the entire world. You don't. Your relationship is your own experience, your own journey, right? Between Mm -hmm. someone else or whether it be with a few people. But it doesn't necessarily have to be for the entire world to know, you know? Agreed. However, I also don't believe that you should have to hide it. Right. That's That's where that conversation about it's your own personal has become a little bit skewed because it's often taken as, well, it's your own personal business. Keep it in the bedroom or in your house. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, I don't live all all the time in my house. Right. And I want to be seen for who I am outside of my house as well. Right. And so that's where that that sense of personal freedom comes in that, yes, it is my personal business, what I do and who I am. But it's also your job to respect my ability to be who I am and do what I do. So I think it's a little bit. We have to be really careful with our language around this. Yes. Because so many I've I've seen people who are on the side of hiding that use that reasoning that it's your own personal business. It should not be the business of anybody else. Okay, that's I agree with that. But if that's so that I can't be truly me. When I'm out in public or out in my family. Right. So what do you think about that? No, and, and, and that that's exactly what I was touching on is the idea of, you know, what if we move away from the, from the queer community and we move into, for example, the black community, you know, um, surprise to a lot of people, a lot of, uh, a lot of black people that were alive during lynching during the 1950s, they're still alive. Isn't that crazy? Right. Um, and I've had, you know, I've been able to speak to some of these people and you ask them, they remember the days of, oh, yeah, lynching was normal. That that was their reality. That was their, you know, normalcy. And I was like, you can tell them, well, look, you know, we have seg- you know, you got your community and I have mine, you know, like I have my business and you got yours. That's what segregation is. That's the whole beauty that 
quotes. I'm going to say with quotes, people can't see this. Uh, the beauty of the the whole segregation um, bullshit and crap, which is we're, you know, you got your space and you got my space, my, you know, your life and you got our life. And then what happens is, is that when you actually put it in real life, we get Jim Crow that affected so many, so many black Americans. And you're right. It, it, th- 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 this is the point because you, it, there's the flip side to it that is so much worse. Right. It's so much worse. Right. You know, and back to your original question, which was chaos versus achievement, etc. Maybe there's a certain amount of chaos that we have to go through in order to shake up the norms mm-hmm. in order to get to a new paradigm where the norms are not so restrictive and the norms do not include oppression. Right. It's all about, the thing is, it's all about removing, it's all about removing the gate. And, you know, it's important because I've talked about this before when it comes to, when it comes to boundaries, people sometimes have such a a negative view of boundaries. You know, we're, oh, you know, you're taking away my personal freedom. The thing is, boundaries are so incredible because boundaries allow you to create really great communication between friends, uh, loved ones, because it allows each of you to understand each other. You understand your limits, your strengths. Um, I I think that's a, a key part, again, where we're going back to you know, we're saying with chaos. And then, you know, if we're having this converse, if you're having this conversation of where do you start? I, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, I always like to start with with boundaries because I feel like that is where the healthy foundation is. Right. It's letting people know what's okay with you. You know, exactly. if you don't tell them what's okay, then they may do something that's not okay. And, but they don't know that it's not okay. So yeah, you have to start with boundaries. Boundaries is one of the major things that we teach because people don't have them, don't get them. And it's so integral to who we are. I mean, how many kids do you know that are taught they're allowed to have boundaries? I mean, we're taught kids are supposed to be seen and not heard. I can't even think of any. Right. Kids are to be seen and not heard. They're supposed to follow your rules follow regardless your rules of the parents, of the school system, of society. Be a good boy. Be a good girl. Whatever the case may be. Make sure you fit into one of those categories. Thank you very much. Yes, you better fit into one of those categories, especially so the one you're born into. So those are systemic boundaries. But we're not we, allowed to have them. We don't allow to have personal boundaries. So oh, oh, I actually, we... um. We never discussed this, but um, a little bit about my background. Uh, I was actually raised in a Jewish Orthodox community in in New York. Ah, I'm Jewish as well. Yeah. So um was raised a little bit extreme. So the idea of boundaries was, yeah, no, 
No, you had lots of rules to follow. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Well, 613 to be 613 precise. 613 of them. 613. <laughs> and um, the one thing that I remember was, I remember the first hippie that I ever I ever met when um, I was in the community. And they were a friend of my parents. And the crazy part, they didn't even know that they were hippies. That that's how like, like, you know, um, and it was just, it was baffling to me because, you know, I, I was raised in this like environment of, you know, like you do this and that and that and that and that, and, you know, you do, because this is what God tells you to do. And this is what, and then I meet these people that are growing vegetables in their backyard and they're talking about the, you know, philosophic and messianic beauties of the earth. And I'm like, where the hell did you people come from? And then it turns out there's like dozens of these people. And I was like, What? You know, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, again, because when you want to talk about uh, when you want to talk about people and you want to talk about connections and people, it's so complex. There's so many different you know avenues. You can't just say like one group is one thing. It's not. I think that's where the problem is. Right. We you know, I think that we as a as a human organism, we're wired for our brainstem is that our reptilian brain, which is the, our lower brain, has not evolved. It is still wired in the same ways that it was wired 100,000 years ago. Whenever the first humans. The only thing that's evolved is the, the frontal lobe, our prefrontal cortex. You know, that's what has evolved. This is the new brain up here. So okay. whenever we are in stress, we're living from the brainstem and the midbrain. Which is your fight or flight. Right. And it's also categorizing. Is something good or not good? Is this mine or not mine? Is so it safe? Very, an, very anim, animalistic in a way. Right. Is it safe? Is it not safe? Yes. Interesting. Wow. So we all think that we're walking around being these higher thinkers, and yet we are responding to reptilian level stimuli. And I don't mean reptilian aliens. I mean rep reptiles, reptiles, frogs, yeah. alligators, frogs, yeah, because we amphibians, yeah, honey. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because, well, because uh, for Lizards. people, people don't realize that throughout evolution, we started off as in water well, we're not, not going to go over another but no 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 we're not going to go over but anyway the point is there once was a little tiny little thing and then that thing became whoa and that thing which kept on growing and sure enough evolved into a human yeah right it's well crazy. that part of the brain is still making a huge number of our decisions and when we get stretched out it's making almost all of them. Right. When we get stressed out, our frontal lobe stops being engaged. So what happens is then we start putting people into their categories. And that is leading us through our lives. Are you my cat? Are you in my tribe or not my tribe? I believe that this is a huge part of how we are going through things at this point. It, there is so much stress. I on all of us think about you know the past three years i mean let's just think about the past 15 years with technology every time there's a change we are we come under stress right every time there's a new i mean think about how many people complain when their phone doesn't upgrade 
They lose their minds. We or be- it does upgrade and they didn't want it to. And now they have to learn something new. We become very, the thing is we become very materialistic creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, I, I love technology and, you know, I, I'm one of those people, I'm one of the very last, you're talking to somebody, I am the last generation that remembers the day before new internet to internet now. So I've seen the progression. So you remember dial-up is what you're saying. Oh, uh, uh, fuck yeah. I, listen to me, okay? When I was a kid, we still were going to Blockbuster, okay? We had a right. VHS player in our, li- you know. Right. And then the internet, like 2010 hit. That was for me. 2010 hit and everything completely changed. The thing I love about technology now is it allows us to have this. Yes. It allows... Mm-hmm us to communicate and be able to get points across. It allows the two of you to be able to do the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, imagine what it would have done without what we'd have done without it in a pandemic. mm. Yeah, we would have been screwed. I mean, it's allowed us to continue to survive in this world during a pandemic when we were told you can't leave your house. Let me ask you something because I want to I want to flip this a little bit more on the, the the two. How how exactly did you manage through the pandemic? We started this business. Yeah, this is when we started doing what we do. We also got married and married in April of 2020. Oh my god, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, our wedding looked very different than, what than it we expected to. it to. Because very last minute. Suits? Uh, no, there were only seven people there, and they were wow. wearing masks. Yeah. Wow. Instead of all of our friends and family, um, none of our family was there. Some of our friends were there. There was no reception. And the person who was supposed to marry us couldn't marry us either because she wasn't allowed to travel from out of state. So we had a different pastor marry us. Luckily, I had a very, very good friend who who is also a minister. So we were able to do that. Who I met. That day? That day. (laughs) This was a very, um, let's just say this was a very intimate wedding. It was very intimate, but very spread out in the intimacy because everybody had to be equidistant around (laughs) a very large room. And then we, well, we were, um, we were kind of thinking about starting to work together. My, my background is as a therapist Mm -hmm. and Jennifer had been um, making lotions and she had become an aromatherapist and was also schooling our child. You, um, you wrote that you said that you have a, um, a master's degree in social work. Yes. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. So she's a therapist. Yeah. I'm Damn. A, so it's clinical social work. I use my social work degree to be a therapist. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So a lot of that has informed our practice as coaches, you know, because you can't split the hairs of what your knowledge is. Well, I can only use this knowledge here and I use this no, knowledge here. Of course it's all not. connected. And the reason that I've wanted to move more towards coaching, because as we started out speaking about the medical model, I believe is very restrictive. And so I can't, you know, have conversations like this in a mental health practice. And I don't like that. I don't like being restricted. If you're someone very, needs to hear something, I want to tell them. You, one thing I will I will say this is the 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 way that you're explaining things, um, which is excellent. And I, I love having I love having guests, especially like the two of you, because 
really able to get a, a really good educational perspective. You know, you're able to have people that this is what I love too, is you're both coaches that are taking your background, you know, your degree, what you've worked on and bringing this together to create this platform. So it has this really great foundation. It has this really great premise and it it's really, also what we're living. Yeah. That's really cool. It's amazing. And that's why we're doing what we're doing, because we do have some education behind us. So we have some understanding and right. we continuously are increasing our skills. You know, we're, we take certifications regularly so we can be up to date on the latest and greatest technologies and ideas out there to help people to deal with some of these issues. But we live it day to day. Do you want to, um, you know, I want to also like elaborate more on the, um, the the business that the both of you are doing. So you do relationship coaching. So, for example, like what kind of work are you doing? Um, you don't have to. You, I know certain things you cannot say, but um, it kind of in a nutshell, like what are the things you're doing day to day with the group sessions and the people that you're talking with? Well, I mean. First and foremost, I want to explain that we say we do relationship coaching, but that means that we work with people who are single and we, <clears throat> excuse me, and we work with people that are coupled because okay. the first and foremost, the most important relationship you have is with yourself. Right. You know, you've got to be strong and comfortable and happy with who you are, because if you're not, then that's what you bring to a relationship with anybody. So we work with singles for that reason. Um, and relationships are everywhere. You're in relationship with yourself, with the people that you meet on the street, with your beloved, with your parents, your children, your friends. So relationships is a very, very big term. And we like to make sure that people understand that because we've had of people course. say, well, I'm not in an intimate relationship. So how are you going to help me? You know, I don't have a wife. And I don't have a husband. Right. But our question back to them is, why not? Well, because there have been problems. That's exactly what we can help you with. Right. That's Understanding what, we, what those problems are and what so that going forward, you can get, you can build wonderful relationships within yeah. your life and turn the corner. Because, I mean, really, we are born, our deepest human need is for connection. That's how we're um, wired, actually. We wired In for science, it talks about this. Yes, there yes. are many articles about this. Yes. Yeah. Right. We are wired for connection. So for people to say, oh, I don't want anyone in my life. I'm a hermit. I'm happy being. I'm an introvert. Well, it, 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 so the greatest so example. There's a reason for that. There's an example I can give, and I've heard this, and it's a very easy one, is if you take wolves, Wolves would be a close example of a, of a connection similar to humans because they work in packs, okay? A pack of wolves needs an alpha, okay? No pack of wolves can survive without an alpha. Now, there are people that will say, well, what about deltas, okay? You have deltas, okay, they're lone, but they always live alongside the packs. They don't, you know, um, interact generally always with the pack, but they live amongst the packs. So the same idea with humans are is I've said this, I said this on previous episodes. I'm going to say this again. It literally takes three minutes to call somebody and say, hello. And how are you? It takes 
two minutes to write a text message, say, hey, how are you doing? It takes very little effort to have connection with people. But I'm saying this, and you want to elaborate on this, please. It's so important just to take the time every week, if you can, just to communicate just a little bit with somebody. But what gets in the way of that? Fear, mm-hmm. trauma, mm-hmm. stress, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. PTSD. Right. And that's what we work to help and people that's heal. We help to work to help people heal each and every one of those things that you just said. Right. Because we have barriers that block us. And the people who are the most introverted, you know, people who complete, you know, who go out into the woods and say, I'm not talking to anybody else. They have some of the biggest trauma on the planet. Mm-hmm. And they have a central nervous system that responds in a very uncomfortable way. So we help people learn how to get comfortable in their own skin, regulate their nervous system so they can begin to not have such big triggers with people. Then we ha- teach them how what their boundaries are. Where do I begin? Where do they begin? And right. what's okay? What's okay for me to do? So internal boundaries and external boundaries. And these are the conversations that we do have with our clients all the time. You know, what we am teach I how to communicate? What do I accept for myself for behavior? Right. You know, and I mean, so many people, they say that they can't get their eating straight. It's like, well, what are your boundaries on what you're willing to eat? You know, you don't even have boundaries. We don't have boundaries on when we get up in the morning or when we, we, eat and drink. And so we have to put those boundaries on ourselves first. And then we can say, well, what's okay for other people to do around me? Right. And now, now that we know what ours are. And I have the right to have them. Yes. And so, because I mean, as children, many, many of us have been harmed by other people and we were not allowed to talk about it. We were told that we were not to talk about it. No. no. And so therefore we did not we were not shown any boundaries. So the first step is, who am I? What are my boundaries? And how do I learn to set them and communicate about them? Because we have no training in communicating boundaries. The thing I will tell you is, um, specifically for me, members of the Jewish community, the uh, Orthodox Jewish community that has left and that identifies as queer and part of the LGBTQ plus community, a lot of us struggle mentally because, for example, I'll say this. I've said this before. When I was going through puberty, I went to an all boys school. Okay. I'm gay. Um, I'm attracted to men. Now, for anyone that is unsure of what I'm I'm trying to explain is, well, let, let me try to explain this to you. Imagine if you're a heterosexual male. Okay. And you went to an all girl school. When you were going through puberty. Ouch. Right. That would be like us going to an all girls school, going it's, through puberty, if we already knew we were a lesbian. So I that's the thing also, like it's learning to identify this something that I have learned is like that is a stem of my trauma of why I have a hard time building relationships with men. And, mm-hmm. you know, is it a good thing? No, it's not. But the thing about it is being able to identify, and I'm sure this is something that that both of you are teaching is, is that you're able to then say, okay, so I understand where this is coming from. Now, what is the next step that I need to do? And like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, like that is the step then to build on is like, okay, so what do we do with this now? Mm -hmm. 
and right. what, and You've identified the trigger. Right. Right. Now we learn how to calm down our central nervous system every time that trigger gets pushed. Because when that trigger goes, then we go into that fight, flight, freeze. If we if we go there, oh, now I can't respond logically because I'm only responding again from that brain, that reptilian brain. So we have to learn how to calm ourselves back down from that high level of fear so that we can come back into at least a middle level, bring it down just a little bit Mm -hmm. with some different breathing techniques, exercise techniques, things like that. Now we can use our frontal lobe to say, okay, I know what's happening. Let me communicate this. So I'm trying to have a relationship with someone. I'm going to, I'm going to have to be vulnerable. So I'm going to have to build some trust with them and say, Hey, listen, it really terrifies me to be close to you. It's not because of you. It's because of my history. I want to work on this. Can you hold space for me and let me teach you how to do that? And then we can learn to be a little bit more comfortable, a little bit closer. So if we start out, you know, 12 feet away, maybe we can step into 11 feet away. Then we get ourselves calmed down at 11. Then we can take another step closer. And we've, we just learn how to get closer and closer. And as we do that, all of the trauma, all of the junk comes up to be healed because it can only be healed in the light. Yeah. You can't heal it by stuffing it away. No. And you know something, I'm going to give this as an example. I'm not going to give any names. Um, I had a situation because of this trigger with someone that I'm working with and we had a whole feud and I, you know, I took a breather. I slept overnight. Um, I went to work the next day. It was hard. I sent him a voice message basically saying that, you know, I want to work with this person. There is the certain triggers and traumas is that, the space and we came uh we came back we did what we needed to and we're building from there you know mm-hmm. we're going to build from that that space and, and go from there and again well why am i say well, I'm, I'm saying this is because it's important to this to this conversation where these kind of steps these kind of tools that you're doing and, and, and again this is why i wanted to talk about this it works this is yes. the actual type mm-hmm. of coaching that actually benefits people's life. You're not giving this. This is important because I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of coaches that come on, um, you know, on social media and no offense. A lot of it is bull crap, to be honest, but there's a difference approach which over here. It's very realistic. You know, you're just saying it like, look, let me put it down in front of you. Okay. You understand what it is right now. You want to communicate with this other person. Okay, well, if you communicate with the other person, the other person knows where you are, right? Right. So right. we now, can't we can't read brain, can't read our, each other's minds. Exactly. Exactly. And then you build from there. You you basically create this foundation, like we said, like trust this connection between these two people. Where like they can understand why you feel a certain way. You know, avoid certain things. Um. It's not crazy talk like this is real ways of actually like having really good relationships with people. It really is. We are a no bullshit zone and no way. I mean, if somebody comes in and starts talking all this airy fairy, I'm a light worker stuff. It's like, wait a second. You're using that to separate yourself 
from the reality of your pain. We've got to step into the pain, take a peek, step back when we need a rest, and then step back in. We're going, exactly. to use, we're going to use the light. We're going to use our spiritual connection. We're going to use good teachings. We're going to, we're going to connect with each other to hold each other close in loving embrace while you do this hard work. But don't bullshit your way around it. There's no point in it. You're just wasting time. I know. And, and you know, th- and there's wasting also- relationships. Because you push is- them away. This is something I want to um, point out, which is something that I've noticed is with some types of coaching, this idea of fully delving yourself into the trauma, just plunging yourself in there. Um, but I want to hear both of your thoughts. That approach of just, you know, just pushing yourself completely into that. Um, what is your what's your thoughts? We have to deal with the triggers. We have to deal with what it does to your body when you feel these triggers. But to actually delve back into the trauma doesn't do you any good. It just makes you feel like you're being re-traumatized. But dealing with what the feeling is. So how do I feel when this happens? So I can change the way I feel when it happens again, helps you heal from the trauma, but it doesn't re-traumatize you. So diving back into the trauma, hook, line, and sinker is actually destabilizing. It makes us so uncomfortable that we shut down. And that does not help us connect. What we're trying to heal is connection. So by diving so far into the pain, that you can't breathe does not enhance your connection. So you go to the edge and you take a look and you, you try to stabilize yourself. And then if you have to take a step back, you take that little step back, but not, you don't have to run away completely. And this is why so many people over the years have not been able to do trauma work because they go into, and I'm going to say it, the EMDR person, and they dive into the worst thing that they've ever experienced. And by a couple of taps on their forehead or looking, having their eyes go back and forth, they're supposed to be healed. Well, you just destabilize them to the point that they want to crawl under a table and never come out. Well, there was one person that we spoke about. Um, I really shouldn't mention this, but her name is Teal Swan. We did. <laughs> we, did <Sorry. laughs> uh, we did an entire um, episode on this. I did this with um, Eli Nurret, which she's, she's an underground artist out in Los Angeles. And okay, but that is an extreme, ver- that's an extreme version of coaching, but those, that is a danger that exists. And the fear that I had and Eli, we were talking about this was there are people that don't actually see the bullshit. Right. They don't. They just yeah. see somebody that's going to pick them up and say, you know, brush them off and say, they're there. It's OK. Look how wonderful, wonderfully they healed themselves. I want yeah. that. And there is a certain euphoria after going through something like that immediately. So you go through something like that, you have the experience, and then all of your adrenalines, the euphoria comes right afterwards because there's a relief because you got it all out and someone comforted you. 
But three weeks later, when you're triggered, when all the reverberations have come up and you are so completely destabilized that you can't work, that's a problem. See, this is the issue also that happens now is because you have these supposed coaches that are doing they're doing things with drugs. Like they're doing things with like, you know, LSD, like high levels of LSD and psilocybin. And they're really like fucking people up and they're giving a very bad name to the spiritual world because there are many coaches that are doing work. Like, for example, you're doing with spiritual healing, which is a real thing it's not some like i don't know why people have such a hard time they're like oh this is you know spiritual shaman crap I'm like no it's not it's it's actually looking at science this is how i see it is you look at science and you see the way that the universe interacts you see the different elements the different compounds the way and you realize holy shit we're, we're just made out of big bang shit mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So we're all made out of the same stuff. Yep. Ask any scientist, they'll tell you that. Yep. We're you all made out of the same stuff. Exactly. Yep. So if this is the case, the you know, there are ways of doing alternative healing. And I've been, you know, trying to promote this for quite some time, which is where alternative healing is not telling you that, oh, you know, this is bullshit. No, 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 no. What we're telling you is, is that there's an alternative way you can deal with it. It might actually be better for you. Mm-hmm. But do your research. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. what works for one is not going to work for everybody. And we may not be the, the right coach for you either. You know, for some people, they don't like our style or it, they're not on the same path. Our I don't know. The, I don't know. The two of you are a lot of fun. So <laughs> we do our best. <laughs> You know, I don't think anything in the extreme is really going to have lasting effects. Right. And that's that's where we come from, because we've both been through those. We've both been to the retreats where we've had big cathartic experiences. We've done lots of different things and we've picked up little nuggets from those things, but they didn't make the change. The change came when we both found teachings that showed us systematically how to shift our lives into alignment with our true authentic self. And over some years, by practicing these things, we realized that, oh, my life looks very different. How can we help others do this? Right. So it was the systematic changing, and that's how we work. It's not quick. It's not like you're going to come in for a workshop and be all better. We work with people long term and it doesn't have to be super expensive. We found ways to make this very affordable for everyone so that the world can change because we believe the chaos has to happen, but we don't think it has to happen without the rules, boundaries and limitations that keep us working well together as people as families as communities but it's finding that middle path and it's providing the tools yes that we can Um, help people find that middle path and the opportunities to practice yeah um are are, are the both of you familiar with harvey milk yes Yes. okay um i want to ask you your thoughts on he had a philosophy 
And its philosophy was, is whether you be gay, black, Asian, Jewish, white, and you're living in a community, if you put everything aside and you, you look at things from, from the core, you realize that you all want the same things. You all want to live on safe streets. You all want to have your businesses be successful. And you all want to be cared for, even mm -hmm. besides the differences that you have. You know, I, I, I think it's also important to realize that these are not euphoric or utopia or unrealistic qualities. These are qualities that if we don't implement into our daily lives, what kind of world are we going to have in a hundred years? Chaos. Chaos that we can't control. So what is your thoughts on his, um, on his philosophy into a future kind of community like that? Well, you know, I agree with it a hundred percent that we all want to be happy and healthy and living our lives with people that accept us and also no matter our differences understanding and embracing our differences and saying okay so we have some differences but you know what what your diff what you do that's different than me how can that enhance my life because i don't have that skill or that understanding so what can you teach me and what can i teach you and i find it so fascinating to learn and understand about others. And I think if we approach the world and our communities with curiosity instead of fear, that's a paradigm change. And I think that that's, when you go with curiosity, I think to, to Harvey Milk's statement, it's like, we can look at the things that we have that are similar, which is so true. Who doesn't want to be loved? We're wired for connection, as we said. We, we want to, you know, I don't need to be rich. I just need to feel good. I need to have, I want my things that, you know, these, these few things that I keep around me that, that bring me joy. I need to be in joy and I need to be connected. And if we focused on those things that connect us, and then we got curious about the things that made us a kaleidoscope, what a cool thing that would be. Yeah. You know, there's part of us, and this is kind of in our long-term plan, that really wants to create a communal living area, you know, where we have different people from different backgrounds bringing their gifts. But it's, you know, it's either it's LGBTQIA, XYZ, and all allies. queer, All queer. Thank you. All, all queer. queer. All queer. Because... And even if someone, you know, identifies, you know, that they, you know, primarily experience love with someone of the opposite sex, it's like, okay, as long as you identify with the queer paradigm. Okay. The idea, see, this is, um, this is my belief, is that being queer means that you're someone You want a different type of relationship. That's what you're attracted to. Yeah. And that's what makes you happy. And the fact that so many of us are able to live 
normal lives, the fact that we have so many, I mean, we need more rights, uh, which hopefully we will get more rights. Um, but look at the rights we've already gotten that are, I never thought I'd ever be able to be married in my lifetime. Exactly. I mean, it's it's amazing how far we've gotten of we can be proud of who we are openly and publicly. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. Right. Yes. But there's still work to be done. Yes, there's still work to be done. One hundred percent. And the idea that we have about creating, you know, maybe a retreat center with a communal living. Oh, that as sounds well. amazing. Ah, because we now need a place to be where we can be outside of our house and no one's saying, I don't want to see you. Or that you're not safe. Yeah. We work with people who, you know, they they just walk around looking over their shoulder. And I want, at least for the number of people that we can serve, to not have that at home. It's it's sad because there's so many there's so many Americans that live in. I live in constant fear. You know, yeah. I mean, when you took, you know, for example, I come, I come from minority background. My father was an immigrant um, from North Africa. And, you know, you, you take all of these different people that are in this country and then you take the people like me that are also queer. You know, there are many of us, you know, many black, Asian, Hispanic um, and diverse amount of ethnic groups and culture groups, it, it sometimes can be very daunting because people don't understand that our relationship and our interaction with the world is dangerous. Right. There are moments of danger and we must put that into perspective. We do have moments of danger. I had this conversation with one of my therapy clients the other day that he has gone through his life and not been assaulted, has not had anyone physically harm him. And he's terrified of that. He feels like he needs to keep himself and his family safe all the time. And I'm like, but you have, you know how to do this. Does this level of fear warrant its existence anymore. So I think we need to be aware of what could happen, but not live in that fear. Because I think that fear is what the chaos is. And it creates chaos inside of us. And what yes. happens inside is what's at, what's happening outside. So by coming to that peaceful place within us and saying, I am safe right here, right now, because there is nothing fighting against me right here, right now. Then I can walk through the world as a safe person who knows how to respond to danger. Right. We don't know how to reset back to that safe place. And so we're living on high alert, which is a very chaotic feeling. And also a very unhealthy feeling. I mean, terribly, you know, when your nervous system is constantly on alert, you know, then we talk about disease that sets into your body. And, you know, I am a prime example. You know, I suffer from a chronic pain condition. And when I was living in a chaotic world that I created for myself because of the fact that I wasn't doing this work, 
I was not well. I was very unwell. And because I now do this work, I have moments. So I kind of, you know, there's a moment where, okay, I'm not doing so well. So I have to look at the whole picture of what is it that is, what am I letting creep in here? What triggers are setting me off because they settle in my body. And so that's a sign for me that uh, I need to look at something. What am I doing? What can I do differently here? I, I can relate. I really can. Um, it's, it's sometimes, you know, something, it, it's sometimes so hard to realize that as beings, and I've said this before, fear is like a light switch. Because all you have to do is just turn the light on. And then you realize that the scary little monster is just Mike Wazowski, you know, a little stuffed plushie mm-hmm. on the floor. Um, but that that's really what fear is. You know, when you 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 really you kind of you know be able to look at it. And, and I'll be honest, like there are many times where I am fearful and my brain is going in a thousand different places but that's normal as humans we do that we do those kind of things but again like we've been saying uh for this past hour is understanding you know on like we said you know we were talking about boundaries and communication is all about what the pieces we've got the pieces we got them lined up okay we understand what's going on um but yeah, I mean, I think I think that's I I, I really like this because it, it was been, it's been a really easy way to understand and being able to have a healthy relationship without it being complicated. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be complicated. No, it really doesn't. Be honest. Be clear. Be vulnerable. Communicate it all. Bada bing. You're in a happy relationship. Right. Take care of yourself, <laughs> self-love, self-care. You must fill your cup before you can offer it to anything to anyone else. It's not selfish. It's selfless. We teach that. We teach how to do that. Yeah. Um. So to wrap things up, um, is there anything that the both of you want to um, leave off um, and of course, actually, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, uh, the best ways to uh, get in contact. Well, our website is www.enchantedawakenings.love. So enchantedawakenings.love. We have a Facebook group and we teach there every Thursday night and we teach about all of this stuff. So you get little 30 minute snippets of things to do to change your life. And then we also have a Patreon channel where we do some more deep dive things. We have a a group that meets on there weekly so that we can all meet face to face. It's a Zoom room where we all meet face to face and we can take a deep dive into the work that we did in the, the little teaching that we do on Thursday nights. So this can happen for everyone. We could all have beautiful, connected, interdependent relationships. We just have to understand how. No one's ever taught us. It's time to learn so that we can transcend this current paradigm of chaos and fear and move into 
our God-given right to be happy and joyous. Wow. That's so powerful. Uh, what about you? Um, what about you, Jennifer? What, what do you uh, want to leave off? Just know that it's possible. I mean, I know that there are lots of people out there that say that, that you know, here's the, here's the little red pill. Take it and, and everything's going to be great. What I want to tell you is it's going to take some work and yeah. you have to be ready to do the work because it's not going to happen without doing that. But once you start delving into your triggers and some of the things that you don't even realize are creating the chaos in your world, once you start digging into that, you'll be like, oh, hmm. So be willing to do the work. And once you do, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it, you can look at your shadows and figure out how to shine the light on them and move forward into a life of joy and bliss. That's wow. Two. Wow. That is goddamn powerful. Wow. I, I can't thank the both of you enough for coming on, um, talking about uh, your life and the work that you're doing, the incredible work that you're doing. We're going to continue this conversation um, off air and um, be sure to check them out. I'm going to leave a description. Um, we'll talk about this so you guys can find the uh, Facebook group and then also the Patreon if anybody wants to join. Uh, be sure to check out the podcast Lost in the Groove Pod at Lost in the Groove Pod on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. We have episodes weekly. Uh, so with that, thank you guys so much for being on here. Thank you guys, girls, and non-binaries. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.